Hey, this is Pastor Rick. This is our first sermon of the year where we introduce our brand new theme, our brand new question for the year. You know, every year I try to answer one question. Today's question, this year's question will be, what truth are you running from? What is the truth you're trying to get away from? I want to get you to think about that. Is it truth about your money, truth about your family, truth about your health, truth about God, your walk with God? What is the truth you're running from? And what's the truth about you? Now, today's sermon is about you. Not about your family, not about your neighbor, just you. It's hard sometimes to face the truth about you. So get ready. This is going to be a great study. I'll be back in a little bit to pray for you. Let me tell you what, if you want to look at the truth, this is a good place to begin. So stay right there and enjoy today's message. Well, God bless you. I pray you've been blessed by our services today. You know, I just love the fact that we're starting a brand new year, brand new beginning, brand new opportunity to open the word of God up. And I have a theme for this year that I want to talk about. I am, <laughs> let me tell you, I am convinced that people don't remember a lot of things we say. We preachers get to preaching and talking, and sometimes if we're not careful, we kind of know what we want to say, but people don't remember it. So I, I try to answer one question a year. So I try to look around and say, okay, what is the one thing that I think I need to talk about? Now, you can do this in your family, by the way. If you were to have a, a sermon for your family, the whole family, cousins, uncles, nephews, everybody, what would be the one question that you would want them to think about, the one big point you'd want to make to the family. For some of you, it would be unity. We need to learn to work together. Or, or here's the question, why can't we work together? On your job, if you said the one big question, the one big theme that would help our, 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 our um, job do better, it would be the importance of being consistent. Maybe that would be what you'd call it. So I try to look at the church and I try to say, what is the one thing that I would think we need to deal with in the coming year. And it would be about truth. It's that one word, truth is our, our key word for the year. I'm convinced that one of the things that gets lost in our lives is truth. There's nobody that uh, tells us the truth, that corners us and says, hey, you're not telling the truth about that. You need people in your life that challenge you to tell the truth. So here's the question for the year. What is the truth you keep running from? What is the truth that you are running from in your life? What's the truth about you? What's the truth about your strength? We'll talk about that today. What's the truth about your family, your money, your finances? What's the truth about your habit of never finishing? You never finish anything. You're always starting and stopping. In this first quarter, we want to talk about that. What's the truth about how you got to where you are? That's going to be a great series. This is our next series, by the way. How did you get here? I'll look at Jeremiah 29, 11. I promised you that a couple of weeks or so ago. And I'm telling you, I look forward to teaching that series because I believe that Israel got to a place for a reason. How did you get here? What's the truth? And some of you act like you don't know. No, you, 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 you kind of know. You, 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 kinda, you know why you, you have the children. You, you're not confused about that, right? You know what you do to have children. So that's one of the reasons you have children. So you can't be confused about why you don't have any money because you know what you did with the money. You spent it, right? Charged it up, right? You know why you owe them that money because you charged it. That's why you owe it to them. So there, there are reasons why you're where you are. The people you chose to love. And so sometimes having, having a heart, it's hard to honestly say, this is the truth. Why well, I didn't finish school because I didn't study or because I wasn't prepared, or because I didn't have the foundation, or because I didn't have the financial support. There, there are reasons why. The truth can be hard to look at. Parents look at their kids and they're confused. Why are my kids like this? You don't know. 
All that drinking you did, all that drugging you did, you don't know why? Or because you were mean or be, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying I know, but you probably know if you stop for a minute and tell the truth. And sometimes you need a cousin who say, you don't know why them children crazy? Them children crazy because you and your husband, y'all crazy. But y'all acting, cussing, all that. That's why those kids like that. You know why that boy in prison? That boy in prison because he, he, okay, see, not, not, not all of you, not all of you. I didn't say everybody. But I'm saying for some of us, the truth is true. <laughs> This is the truth. Grandmama knows why. I, I love the story of, of Canaan, of um, uh, Noah, was talking to his son. And he said, you know, Ham, who had, you know, done something dumb and, and he, you know, well, he, Noah did something dumb. He got, got drunk, right, and, and ended up naked. And, and, and the Bible, you can, however you read it, he said that uh, Ham looked, gazed at his dad in a way that was improper or something improper happening. The other two honored their father, but he said something when he came kind of to himself, Noah did, to, to Ham. He said, you know what? He said, curse be Canaan. Now, that was an interesting statement because some people think that means curse black people. That doesn't, doesn't mean that at all. What it means is he was saying Canaan was his son, Ham's son. And he looked at his, he looked at his son who had done this improper thing and had been uh, disrespectful toward him uh, in a moment of vulnerability. Again, he shouldn't have been drunk, but whatever, he got drunk for whatever reason, however, by accident, whatever. But anyway, he said, curse be Canaan. He says, you know what? Basically what he was saying was, your, your, um, your son has attributes that, that are, are going to bring hardship into his life. That's what curse be Canaan. The, the idea is you, your behavior, see, it's leaking over to your son. And that's not, by the way, him cursing black people. That's ridiculous. That's totally untrue. That's not what he was saying at all. Because, you know, people have used that to justify this kind of biblical error. It's not true at all. But the point is, there's, there, there's a transmission impact. There's something that happens when you behave certain ways. Now, that's the truth. That can be hard to face. It can be hard to say. You know, my daughter saw me bring all these guys home. And now she's doing the same thing, and they're climbing in and out the windows. So I'm confused. Somebody said, well, I didn't do any of that. I agree. Maybe you didn't, but they picked it up somewhere. That's the truth. The point is, can you identify the truth? Can their attitude, the way they view money, the way they view life, it's hard sometimes to look at the truth. And so what we're going to do in this coming uh, season is look at the truth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, is a verse I want you to think about. It's what I call our verse for the year is what it says. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. We must put off speaking falsehood. Sometimes, you know, if we're not careful, we lie. We lie in, in, in the name of, I don't know, our pride, and we're not truthful. You ever go to somebody's house and it's a mess and they start lying? Oh, I can't believe this place like this. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. No, it's like this all the time. That's the truth. That's a falsehood. You're junkie. You've always been junkie. The truth is, you call and say, can, can I borrow some money? The things got hard. I was surprised. No, you weren't surprised. You always, you always live above your means. And you, you have people you call. You have a list of people you call on the 15th and the 30th because, you know, people get paid. That's the truth. The truth is you, you like to borrow money, don't pay back. That's the truth. If you can admit the truth, that's the beginning of a brand new life. 
So that's why this year it's important to say, what is the truth about you? And specifically, we're going to take a look at something Paul used to illustrate this in, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 25. Listen to what he said. This is important. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 6. I get this right here, verse 18. He said, finally, my brother, and be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, I want to stop here for a minute and I want to paint a picture. Paul's in prison. And while in prison, Paul looks up at a soldier and Paul is beginning to paint a picture. He's going to do a lot of this in our study next week when we talk about the armor he saw that soldier guarding him wearing. And he uses that as a way to paint a picture. Now, the first thing is the soldier is obviously strong. Most of them are pretty muscular. You know? So you got this strong soldier. And Paul looks at him and says, let me tell you what I think you should be. What should be true about you? Number one, you should be strong. Then he says, but strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Then he goes on in verse 11 and said, then you need to put on the armor of God. That's when he starts talking about the, the soldier's dress. So imagine with me, Paul's looking at this and Paul says, let me first of all paint the truth about strength. This is now a moment for you to take an honest look at yourself. And I kind of said a little bit of this last week, but I want you to think about this. Are you a strong person? Let's get honest. <laughs> There's something about being strong. There's a definition I want to put on the screen. I want you to see. When you define strong, Strong means to be able to do something or to be, make a person capable. It goes on and says this. Practically, to be strong is to be personally enabled to do something. Strong people are weak people, I love this, that God gave the ability to do, a, do things on their own. Thirdly, strong people were, were weak people that decided one day, they made a decision, I don't want to be weak anymore. I want to be strong. So strong people are people who made a decision. Strong people are people who, who have been given an ability by God to do what they couldn't do on their own. Strong people are people who understand that, that this is a personal desire I want for my life. It, it means to be enabled in the Greek, the Greek word that's used there. The idea of being, being a powerful, enabled person. Are you strong? Now, I believe you can be. Because Paul said, as I close out this book, as I get to the end of writing to you in Ephesus, I want you to understand, finally, my brother, and the most important thing I want you to understand is you need to be strong. And that's a decision only you can make. Now, let's understand that in order to become strong, there are three things he says you need to do. And I want to take you around the Bible a little bit. Take a little little journey here. The Bible says a lot about being strong. And I, 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 I've heard so many people give definitions. You're like, okay, so dancing is, is a sign of spiritual strength. Uh, going to church is a sign of spiritual strength. Uh, giving money is a sign of spiritual strength. All those are nice things, but those aren't necessarily uh, signs of strength. Uh, when you're enabled to do what you can't do on your own, that's strength. It, it, it's the ability to do what's right. It's that... It, and the basic definition of it is this ability. To be strong means I have the ability. And so I, I want you to look at your life and see where you think you're weak 
And I want you to hear what the Bible's saying. The goal of God in your life is to make you strong in that area. He doesn't want you to be controlled by a substance, controlled by anger, controlled by whatever. He wants you to be a strong person. So when I look at you, I want you to be able to say, the truth about me is I am filling the blanks. You should be able to stay strong. That's the goal. You may say, no, right now, Pastor, I'm weak. Okay, but that's fine. But the goal is to understand that God's goal is to make you a strong person and a person that is enabled, that's independent. You don't need me. You don't need your pastor. You don't need your, you don't need your friends, your neighbors, or anybody. I was raised as an only child, and it's really fascinating when you are, because you don't, you don't have this backup thing. I'm going to call my big brother. I'm going to call my cousin. Nobody call. You're by yourself. And there's something about knowing that you can pay your bills. You can stand up against this temptation. You can do it yourself. And my mother made a strong, strong boy. Whoo, man, that was her theme for me. Whoo, she was constantly saying, you must be able to do this yourself. I will not always be here. I need you to be able to get up out that bed and I need you to get to that school on time. I need you. And I mean, she didn't play. She meant that thing. And there's something about how the, con and then the confidence I developed. Because she would always tell me, you're smart. How'd you get so smart? I said, I don't know. I used, to, <laughs> I used to take me off guard because she was constantly trying to get me to be strong. You are enabled. One of the things that happens sometimes in these relationships is you give up your, your strength. You're depending on someone. I'm not saying that, let's say you're in a family and one person's working and I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you can't trust people. I need my staff. I can't do all this by myself. But there, I, I, I don't need to become a weak person who's always leaning on everybody and I have no strength. Finally, my brethren, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Allow God to help you find strength and ability. He wants to enable you. I am such a big fan of that in so many ways. Now, let me, if I can, give you the truth about how to become strong. There are three things. Number one, you have to commit, commit to growing strong. Second Peter chapter three, verse 18 says this, but grow in the grace and knowledge, notice the two now, of our Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. I want you to, first of all, commit to growing. You don't grow strong unless you commit to it. You have to say, I want to be strong. Secondly, commit to waiting. Commit to the process it takes to grow strong. It's like working out. You lift weights, you run, you lift weights, you work out, you work out, you work out, and it's a process. The reason most people never get in shape is because they're not committing to the time frame. You don't just become smart, strong, financially able, emotionally stable overnight. It takes a commitment. So you have to, first of all, commit to being strong. Number two, commit to waiting. And I love this. This is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30. Here's what he says. Even youths grow tired, watch this now, and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope await in the Lord, King James says, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Strength doesn't come instantly sometimes. It's a process. The soldier that Paul was looking at in that prison had been working on those muscles for a long time. And I want to say that is our issue. We don't like to go through the process. 
We want things to come instantly to us. Some of you, you're in college, you want instant success. It takes a while to grow strong financially. It takes a while to grow a business. And if you look at the Bible, dozens of years go by in Abraham's life, to be exact, 25 years, to get to a place of, of, of fruitfulness that he wanted. It's not always one, two, three. Sometimes it's one, two, three, 20, 30. It's, it, it's a while because it takes a while to build those strengths. And here's the third step. So number one, you have to commit to growing strong. Number two, commit to waiting. Number three, commit to being humble. Second Chronicles 7, 14 is a verse I love. Here's what it says. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Now, I want to say this to you for a minute. There's no accident when the Bible says, if my people would humble themselves, he poses a question, a condition. If they would humble themselves, then, so you might say, well, why would he have to say that? Because we tend not to be humble. Religion can make you very prideful. You talk to God, you know God, you've got a revelation from God, you got the Bible, the word of God, preachers, I got a church, I got people coming to hear me. You know, you can really get into yourself. And I want you to understand, you don't grow strong unless you're willing to be humble. You don't grow strong unless you commit to growing. You don't grow strong unless you're willing to make those sacrifices and wait. There's no way you grow strong, but humility is at the bottom line of it. I, I will never be all God wants me to be if I'm not a humble person. And I have to admit the truth. The truth is I can become very prideful. It's very easy. Let me give you what I call three, the three, the true answer. This is like a question and answer uh, test that determines whether you're strong or not. So this, for a minute, I want you to just test your strength. You ready? Here we go. These are, these are five simple things I want you to think about. All right. Number one, how much time do you try out, do you invest uh, in your growth? We need to think about that. How much time do you invest in your growth? Now, most of us are really, really, really busy. And uh, being busy, you just tend not to, you know, you invest in television. You know, if you really want to measure it, look at, the, look at the amount of time you spend on your phone. Look at your screen time and compare that to your prayer time. You invest way more time on your phone, way more time watching stuff than you do on your spiritual development and growth. Second question, this is a test. How much, how many things are in your life that would be signs of weakness? Can you list them? If you were saying, hmm, let me look, let me see. How many things in my life would be signs of weaknesses? Cussing not the boss, man, maybe that, maybe, 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 maybe. Uh, uh, maybe my attitude, okay. You know, you, you, can you list them? You, you know them. You know, you know the things in your life that, that that really shouldn't be there. I, 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 I believe me, I can name things in my life I've had to arrest, and I'm, I'm looking at them now. I gave a big testimony a few months ago about the clutter I just allowed. And it was neat clutter. I mean, it was in bins, you know, but it was stuff I just needed to get rid of. Clothes I'm never going to wear again. 
I just took a bunch to the, um, to the, uh, the Goodwill. I'm not going to ever wear them again. Give them to somebody else. Let somebody else have them. There's something about coming to that moment in your life when you go, man, that's a weakness. I tend to hold on to stuff I should get, get rid of. Here's number three. You ready? Watch this. How strong would your church be? I love this. If all the members lived like you. Number four, how strong is your commitment to be different? If everybody were like me, how, how strong would this church be? If everybody prayed like I prayed, if everybody volunteered or gave or served or thought about the church like I did or Think about how, how strong would it be? You complain about your family, but let me ask you another question. If everybody were like you in the family, how strong would the family be? This is the test. I want you to think about it. And if I'm honest, sometimes I've been a better example than others. And I believe it's important for me to live in such a way that I would say if everybody at least prayed some, like I pray, we'd be better off. Why don't you? Commit to being the kind of strong person who models for your kids what life should be. Next question. How strong would the community be if everybody served the community the way you do? Now, I don't believe in going to everything. I don't believe in doing everything. Some people, you know, get lost in that. But some of us, if we're honest, we're not really that committed. And if everybody in the community voted like we vote, there'd be no voting. If everybody in the community gave like we gave to charities, there'd be no charitable giving. Let me close with this final thought, the truth about my personal struggle. I wrote down a list. I love to do this. Because I think when you talk about strength, it's one thing to just preach it. But I wanted to list five areas of strength that I struggle with and I'm constantly working on. Number one, one of my greatest struggles is to be consistent. I'm better than I've ever been, but that is a struggle. I have to fight to be consistent. Number two, my, I struggle to think, not to think all over the world and, and be distracted. If I'm not careful, I'll end up doing so much and engaged in so much and, and I'll, I'll be everywhere. And, and, I, and it's hard to say, no, I can't do that. No, I'm not speaking uh, that many times. No, I'm not. No, I'm focusing on this one thing for the next week or next day. Number three. One of my greatest struggle temptations is to allow the coulda, woulda, shouldas. Oh, my God, to own my thoughts. Coulda, woulda, shouldas. I coulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Boy, I can live there for a long time. Number four, one of my greatest temptations is to panic when things are not clear. I want things to be clear. I don't want to be confused. But I've learned that that's not always possible. Confusion is part of the journey. One of my greatest temptations is to want to fit in and be like everyone around me. I said this, I think, last week. It is a temptation. But you have to learn to be different. You have to learn to say, no, I'm not going to try to be like everybody else. So I want you to think about this now. I, that, those are my honest list. What's yours? I want you to sit down and get honest and say, okay, one of my greatest temptations is to, I want you to write it down. Let's see if you can do it. Be, be courageous. One of my greatest struggles is to, one of my great, and you don't have to share it with anybody. You don't have to do like I'm doing, telling everybody. I know when I said this in front of my staff, they said, what do you mean you're not consistent? I said, it, it, I fight it all the time. He said, you fight? I said, yeah, I fight it all the time. They, 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 they questioned me about that. What do you mean? I, I tend to want to just, you know, do it today and I do it tomorrow. And so sometimes you have to really pause 
If, if you want to know the truth about you, what's the truth? Remember, this whole theme this year, what's the truth you're running from? And once I realize I tend to not be consistent, I work on being consistent. I, every day, the question is, okay, this is what time you're going to get up. Okay, this is what you're going to do. Because I know if I'm not careful, I won't be consistent. And I want to be. Let me get what I call, um, <laughs> what I call my, my answer to how I manage these struggles. And I want to put this on the screen for you to read. Watch this with me. <laughs> Admit, if you can do this, that you're struggling and being tempted beyond flesh and blood. And say to yourself, if I allow my life to be out of control, inconsistent, mentally all over the place, panicked and ruled by the coulda, woulda, shouldas, I will never become strong. That is what I say to myself. Ricky Temple, if you allow your life to be out of control and inconsistent, if you allow yourself to panic, if you allow yourself to live by the woulda, coulda, shoulda, shouldas, you're going to be, you're, you're never going to be strong. I have to say no to that. <clears throat> Finally, final thoughts. I must realize that some of these temptations come from somewhere else. I love this. He said, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers and the darkness of this world. <clears throat> a lot of what happens to me, a lot of the temptation to be weak doesn't come from me. Paul looked at that soldier and said, <clears throat> guys, <clears throat> as I close out this letter, you've got to be strong. You. A lot of people like to follow strong people. Uh, <clears throat> I like T.D. Jakes. <clears throat> That's not you. I like Pastor So-and-so. Not you. I'm talking about you. <laughs> the truth. This whole year. What are you running from? It's time to stop running. You drink too much. You cuss too much. You fight too much. You don't stand up for yourself. You get mad too often. You hold grudges too long. I don't know what it is. Finances are a mess. I don't know what it is. You're gaining too much weight. Come on. It ain't good for you. And you're not paying any attention. You're running from the truth. The truth about you. Go to the doctor. It hurts and you need to get it checked. Stop being afraid. What's the truth? About your family. You're raising criminals. You're not confronting your own children. You've allowed them. You want to blame the police and the community. You are responsible. Police has their responsibility. We'll deal with them when they're not in line, okay? We'll, 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 do, we'll do that. Government doesn't do that part. We'll, we'll deal with we'll them out. But we're not talking about them right now. We're talking about you. How your family has all this going on? What's the truth? Maybe you're doing some things you shouldn't do. Maybe it's time for your family to check itself. What's the truth that you're running from? Let's pray. Father, we pray today that the message we've heard has inspired us to look at the truth, to be honest with ourselves, to tell ourselves the truth, to not lie to ourselves. God, it's hard sometimes. That's hard for me. It's hard to look at the truth. It's hard to say, God, man, I missed that. I'm inconsistent. 
haven't told the truth. I've been lying to myself. Father, help us today. And I pray for the breakthrough in the hearts of your people in this coming year that they would say, we're going to speak the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, I'm going to talk about the first thing he said to put on in the armor of God. The first thing you need to do if you want to have a victorious life, if you want to face the truth, the first thing he said you've got to do is be transparent. It's hard to be really honest, to open up the gates and let people see the truth. It's hard to be a transparent person. That word is powerful. Be girded about with truth, he said. What does that mean? I'll talk more about that next week. And I'll tell you one thing. If you learn to be transparent, God can really help you. I'll see you next time. It's been a joy being with you. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, let me just say this. So you that are watching and you've never, ever done it, tell the truth. Pray with me. Lord, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. From this moment forward, I need you. And that's the truth. Pray that prayer and start living for God today. I'll see you next time. My name is Pastor Rick. You have a blessed day. Well, I hope our time together has helped you think about the truth, the truth about your strength. How strong are you? It's a great question. Looking at this wonderful portrait that was painted by Paul, we see him looking at a soldier in prison and he draws this incredible analogy. And he wants us to look at our life and think about life. He starts out, before he talks about the armor of God, which we'll pick up on next time, he talks about strength. Finally, my brethren, he said, be strong in the Lord. So the question is, how strong are you? Hope this sermon made you think about it. Sometimes it's hard to admit you're not as strong as you thought you were. But this is the time for you to become strong. Let's pray. Father, I pray that what we've talked about today will bring life and health to those who have not been living at their full strength. May this be a moment of breakthrough and healing for them. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. I've enjoyed being with you. See you next time on demand. we got more to say. You don't want to miss this study. I'm telling you, the truth about us, the truth about our strength, the truth about you, the truth about the church, the truth about us. Well, I'll tell you, sometimes it's hard to face the truth, but in this study, it will help you grow. So I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.